what with the bicentennial coming up, there's a, a seeking of roots, in some cases commercial, but in some cases very real. And I noticed something rather interesting happening. Journalists from different parts of the country are now visiting America, certain areas where the people of that country came and migrated uh, centuries ago, years ago, and some very exciting, not discoveries, reflections are being made. And Eric B., he's a Norwegian television journalist, but he's also a singer. And I thought, uh, while he's here in town, visiting Norwegian people and descendants of some of the early immigrants, uh, to offering his reflections about Norway, the migrations, as well as some of the songs he wrote and others he collected. And in this way, there'd be a sort of a history, at least the history of the character of a people. In a moment, the program with Eric B. after this message. Now, I was thinking, Mr. B., you're here, I know, for Norwegian television. You, you're uncovering, you're coming across a good many of the uh, Norwegian descendants of early immigrants. Where when when were the, was the earliest migration to America, to the, this country, this continent? Well, that we don't really know, except we do know that the Vikings were here at one time mm -hmm. or another. Uh, but we think of 1825 as the beginning of, shall we say, organized Norwegian migration to um, the North American continent. So we are having this year a uh, commemoration, a 150th anniversary of a Norwegian migration to America, which uh, has been, uh, we've had quite a few things going on in Norway all summer mm -hmm. uh, to, to celebrate or to commemorate uh, this event. Of course, we, it's difficult to celebrate the fact that a substantial part of a, a country's population found yeah. life unbearable <laughs> and up and went. What was know? it? I'm thinking of, you know, the two, uh, you know, the two films based upon the Villa Moberg novel dealing with the, s the early Swedish, Swedish migration yes. and how rough and terrible and awful life was among the peasants of Sweden about nearly part of the 19th century. Yes. Norway, too, I suppose. Very much the same history, actually, except I believe our mass migra migration uh, started somewhat earlier. We'd had the uh, Napoleonic Wars behind us, where we were uh, blockaded by the Royal Navy. For some reason, mm -hmm. we got on the wrong side and fought on Napoleon's side. And we had severe difficulties. People had been starving for years. We also had our new constitution of 1814, which was to a large extent inspired by the American Revolution mm -hmm. and the Constitution of the, um, of the United States. Uh, but uh, you know how it is that uh, political and other freedoms wow. on a piece of paper take yeah. some time. W were there at times certain uh, revolts, revolutions among uh, no, the peasantry? Uh, no revolutions, but you might say that the whole uh, era of the Napoleonic Wars mm -hmm. created a new nationalistic feeling and a break with Denmark, uh, with whom we had been um, uh, united for many years, and uh, a feeling, uh, an urge for freedom now. And uh, this uh, urge was expressed through that new constitution, which in fact was one of the most liberal documents yeah. in Europe of the time. But it didn't, the freedom didn't come as fast yeah. as people wanted, and they were hungry, and there were no opportunities, yeah. and they started moving yeah. to this country. I'm thinking about land, so they came to new land. The word is land, you know, mm -hmm. what picky peasants the land is terribly important. You have a song about that, the fjords, the nature of fjords. And well, my song is actually about water, but still. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about place, it's about place. Yes, well, that is, uh, I should say, a song which has very little to do with migration because it's actually a song about belonging in the fjord. It's a, I happen to love the fjord of my, my home, and, uh, and it's a song which uh, 
is a little, what shall I say, uh, I'm just uh, trying to express my feelings mm. for, for it. Uh, it's an old place, uh, and it has the traces of people who've lived there and fished there, you know, throughout the centuries. You can see their mark on the shores, and it's a place where you, you have a feeling of the stubbornness of the people who live there, and it's, it's a place that brings uh, fruitful thinking to you and the place you want to be. I was thinking as the song of the old fjords, the accompaniment is, is contemporary, yes. the accompaniment. Mm -hmm. But I was asking you as we were listening to the song of the old place where people fished and lived was their, their place, their water, about traditional Norwegian instruments. You mentioned the hardanga fiddle. Yes. Yes, there is. A, I have a song where, you, um, where I use the hardanga fiddle. It's actually a, a poem I wrote in honor of a very dear friend of mine, Sigbjorn Bernhoft Usa, who is probably one of the finest uh, traditional folk musicians that we've ever had in Norway. And uh, he's had a, um, the song is about his life and his, his uh, which is, has consisted of bringing happiness to yeah. other people, even though he may not have been happy yeah. always himself. Yeah. I remember uh, there was a song a children's song, Per Spellman. Yes. That's also played to the Hardanga fiddle, a sung to it too. Yes, that's well, about the yeah. that's about a fiddler yeah. who actually, uh, he, that old folk song is about a fiddler who sells his fiddle in order to buy yeah. cattle and everything else and then he, he returns all the worldly goods to get the fiddle back because he can only be a, oh. an artist, yeah. you see. The same type of man. Yeah. This is a Per Spellman type of yeah. man. When did Osa live? Osa is still alive. He's, still, he's a friend he's of yours. Yes. Yeah, I thought, you, I thought it was someone yes. who you knew from history. And the, in yeah. this song, you hear yeah. the Hardanger fiddle yeah. playing tunes that he has made famous in He Norway. himself has. <laughs> the fiddle itself is played where, I suppose, at gatherings, at dances. At, at yes. It's a very special instrument with a double set of strings giving some of the same effect mm. as a bagpipe, you know, the drones on the mm. bagpipe, the undertone. Yeah. And uh, it's a special instrument and very few people play it really well, but he does. Yeah. Here's your tribute then, this is Eric B's tribute to Sigbjorn Bernhoft Osa. It has sort of a heroic quality, because in a sense it is the artist hero. Yes, in a sense he is, and there is of course a certain compulsion driving a man like that. And I'm talking in the song about this, the secret country, that he he knows it in a way, the rest of us can only faintly yeah, imagine yeah, it, yeah. but he's he's at least taking us in that direction. Yeah. The secret country of, of the artist, yeah. Yes. He's driven, just as was, uh, we think of Norway, think we can't help but think of Ibsen, you know. I think of the master builder, yes. too, who is driven yes. to heights, to build, to go beyond, beyond, yes. even though he's getting old, you know. That's right. That, and seeking youth, too, I suppose, that's part of it, too. Yes, and yeah. of course, uh, the other way, you know, with a, a man like Pierre Gunt, the only really sympathetic yeah. thing about the person is the fact that he was an artist. Yeah. It's the only thing yeah. that makes him bearable as a human being. Well, you mean because he was so, in his own way, so predatory. Yet at the same time, he had, the, he had that, he was an artist. He was yes. seeking, wasn't yes. he? And never found a home till finally. Yeah. Back again. So, Venezuela. Uh, since we're talking with the, about the migration, and seeking a new home, a, a new a way of life, a better life. Uh, you, you sing Venezuela, which is about the West Indies and the Caribbean, yeah. you know, and you do it in Norwegian. Well, we've had this song, uh, of course, like many other sailor songs, it's sung in many languages, and I used to do it years ago, and when I cut this particular record, they wanted it. It's done in a 
course, with an orchestra here and, uh, and in the Norwegian language, but the contents are, uh, you know, it's the same thing. I should point out in case listeners are particularly Norwegian listeners, others, it's Philips, the album, Father Eric B. Uh, B happens to be a journalist, but he happens to sing too, and there's an album of your songs and some others, some folk songs. Uh, Philips is the album. Gamel and Minfjord is the title. Gam- Gamel and Minfjord. Old is my fjord. Old is my fjord. <laughs> and here then, Venezuela. I suppose that is universal, and the sailor songs, you, you say, of course, are international. Yeah, they become international. Yeah. I think, where did the Norwegian immigrants go? Any particular spot they concentrated on when they came here in 1825 and after? Yes, uh, they came, uh, the first uh, group came on, uh, on the Sloop Restoration in 1825, landing in New York on the 9th of October. And they settled in uh, northern New York State. I've just been in that area yesterday, oh. as a matter of fact. But that was a failure. They stayed there for 10 years and could not make a go of it, and they suffered pretty, uh, you know, had great hardships, and gave up in the end, and came then west. And the man who led them was a man called Kling Pearson, the father of Norwegian migration. And he walked on his two feet from, uh, from Kendall, New York, to this area. To Fo- the Fox River area, west of, you know. Uh, Fox River here? Fox River here in yeah. Illinois. In yeah. fact, he came here to Chicago, which was then just a cluster of, of old cabins. Yeah. Sorry, or not old, but young yeah. cabins. Young <laughs> and uh, he was offered a substantial piece of land here, where Chicago now is, uh, in exchange for a pipe and a leather jacket. And he said he didn't want it. The soil wasn't good enough. Yeah. So he went out to, uh, came out to Fox River. Uh, where he had a sort of a vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote about that later. He was a visionary, and uh, as a person, he was Kling a s- person. Kling Pearson. And he said, this is the place where my people must go. Mm-hmm. So he went back to, he walked back mm-hmm. to uh, New York and led these uh, immigrants out to Fox River, which is the first permanent Norwegian settlement mm-hmm. in the United States. And of course, it's still yeah. a Norwegian settlement. You know, since you mentioned colony and settlement, Ole Bull, uh, the Swedish fiddler. No, he was Norwegian. Oh, was he Norwegian? Yes. Well, there was a colony called Oleana. Yes, that was another failure. Yeah. Uh, now, he was another visionary and dreamer, and a very good man, but not a practical man. That all very often is the case. Uh, you know, you have a dreamer, but he's yeah. not necessarily a farmer. So he, uh, he uh, in fact, that drove him into to ruin. You know, it's really a tragic story. Uh, people laughed about it after a few years. You know, it became a joke in Norway and also here mm-hmm. in the United States, uh, this this uh, utopia yeah. he was going to create. Right. Now, Kling Pearson was much more down-to-earth yeah. than that. And he got immigrants over, and his entire fortune, you know, was spent on this, and he got involved with land sharks and all kinds of people, and he spent uh, half of his lifetime afterwards, you know, playing the violin all over yeah, the world in order to pay yeah. his debts. Did you know the song? You know the song? Oh, Oleana, 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 Oleana. Yes, it, it was written in Norway and became, uh, you know, uh, what we call infarsot, which means almost an epidemic. It went yeah. all over Norway, it was sung here by all the immigrants, and of course ridiculing the whole idea. Yeah. And uh, Ole Bull, uh, he was a broken man yeah. after that. But that was in Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, the Oleana thing. Yeah. And of course, it just went to pieces after a fairly yeah. short time. But the, the point is that the beautiful area out here around Fox yeah. River, 
in Illinois. That's the first permanent settlement of Norwegian yeah. people in this country, and it's still a Norwegian yeah. area. And from there, they started branching out into yeah. uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, yeah. uh, Iowa, then on to to the Dakotas. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the m many of these people were mountain folks mm -hmm. and even seafaring men. They couldn't stand the prairie, and they headed even further west. See, there's, there's a double threat here, double impulse here, isn't there? There's the longing for land. Yeah. Rich, at the same time, there's this wanderlust for this Per Gint feeling, too, this wandering. And I, I can't, one of your songs deals with the, the whole theme of, of uh, Ulysses and the Odyssey, Ulysses ever seeking. Well, yes, it's the, uh, that's the story of, a, uh, of every, every human being, really. Uh, uh, I did this song, which is uh, uh, not really connected. I didn't think of it as connected to the story of, of emigration or immigration, but the story of the uh, human spirit that, that can never quite be tied down. And uh, Lord Tennyson has a famous poem, Ulysses, of course, where he imagines the hero re after his return to Ithaca, when he sits there uh, after having fought with the gods, you know, and gone through all these tremendous things, and he returns to a little kingdom where people uh, fight over details, and he has to uh, to take uh, chicken thieves and, mm -hmm. and, and bring them to court and, and, and deal with things which must seem very small to uh, Ulysses, and he decides he has to go back mm -hmm. to sea with his old crew. And uh, uh, as far as I can understand, uh, Tennyson feels that Ulysses is still, his Ulysses is still physically capable of saying goodbye to everything and returning to his life of, of search and adventure. Now, in my song, yeah. Ulysses is incapable yeah. for physical reasons. He is really old. Too he old. cannot move yeah. anywhere. He's already forgotten amongst the people there. Yeah. He's walking around as a, his life is, is history but and forgotten. His, his, is an, uh, he, his is the passionate spirit. Of well, he goes but, down. But he physically, goes, he yes, can. he goes down to the sea and he says, yeah. you can break a man's body and, uh, and a hull yeah. may rot, yeah. but my spirit will not rot. And he says yeah. that the the uh, the human the searching human heart yeah. does not know how to lower a sail, yeah. Yeah. and he says that uh, the the old gray grizzled Greek you know yeah. he is now more or less smoldering yeah. on the beaches of Ithaca, but the but the favorite of the gods never really came home. He's still out there. Still out there. He's still out there. That's the, the, the Gumla Odysseus. Yes, it's a pompous melody. It has some of the Phrygian style, you know, the old Greek style to it. As um, Eric B. In interpreted the lyrics here, the searching heart does not know how to lower a sail. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the the quest. The old man is being kidded by the young, but he, uh, they no longer know who he yeah. is. Mm -hmm. But his dreams, his memory is still sharp. Yes. And so and and his, his his spirit is the same. Yeah. I've known many men like yeah. that, haven't you? Of course. Yes. And uh, and he's there and. Uh, uh, I often I wrote the song because I sometimes feel we use up people too fast in our society, and we leave a real fighter sitting there with nothing, and it hurts me to see it. Yeah, but, uh, is this also in Norway too? It's all over. Yeah, yeah. this this uh, tossing them aside. Yeah, the premature retirement for one thing, or, or shoving people out of jobs for that matter too. Yes. It goes on all the yeah. time because Norway has lost its innocence. It used to be a farm and fisherman's community. 
where where old people belonged in society and had a place there and respect. Today we just find nice little uh, senior citizens' homes to put yeah. them away. I love that word, senior citizen, too. Which well, is you must never say that an old man yeah. is old. Yeah. <laughs> <Senior> <laughs> we are way. softening up yeah. the language yeah. in all countries now, you know. Yeah. That's universal, isn't it? That's yeah. universal. Yeah. Let's not say the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to Eric B., who's, who's in visiting the United States now doing some television documentaries on the migration of missions of the Norwegian people to America, the United States. And he also sings and writes these quite fantastic songs. We'll return in a moment to my guest and more songs and more reflections after this message. Resuming the conversation, also the songs of Eric B. So here we're talking about uh, something universally, the putting away or putting outside people who are still very valuable in experience but also you got this throughout your songs there is this there is this impulse of searching searching you wrote a song in english called land and sky yes uh, that song um, has a story which uh, really the first time i heard about this was many many years ago back in norway i met an old man who uh, he was a what do you call it in English ferryman uh, ferryman he rode a boat across mm -hmm. a, a great lake up mm -hmm. in the mountains mm -hmm. and I was his passenger his only passenger and he said that he had been an immigrant in this country as a young man this was during the war 1942 something like that and he said he he couldn't take the prairie because he was a mountain man but he knew of one farmer he said in Dakota who had actually, uh, you know, built up a great big mound in the back of his house, his a private mountain, so to speak, in order to, uh, you know, have something to to rest his mind and eye on, being a mountain man. Now, when one reads the history of the uh, immigrants, uh, and uh, for instance, Rolvog's Giants in the Earth, mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, immigrant literature, this theme comes back: how the how difficult it was for the for a mountain people to adapt to the prairie landscape. Some of the women in particular were affected very strongly by, uh, by it and it, it, uh, it led to dejection and sometimes to, to great despair. Now, uh, so it's a theme that returns. Mm. It's sometimes difficult for us to understand because we're not that close to nature and we're mm. used to moving around. Mm. But people at that time taken from, uh, from a mountain, a land that uh, you know, were tremendous uh, variety out to this enormous flat vastness of a prairie one can understand uh, how it hit them so this guy he simply solved it by changing the topography to his own liking oh, he did <laughs> it. this yeah. is sort of a phony cowboy song yeah. it's a mixture of Norwegian folk music mm -hmm. and American folk mm -hmm. music and I've called it land and sky Texas Eric we call you North Dakota, Eric. In North Dakota, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> it's funny how you adapted yourself to what might be a, a, a popular a popular mode here, the American cowboy song. Or well, that's or intentional, of yeah. course, and you bring in that, that element, and also then you hear that it's not quite correct yeah. because yeah. there's a Norwegian tune yeah. in, into mm. it all the time. Portrait in January. Portrait in January. The Portrait in January is another song about age, old age. Uh, we have lived through a, a long period of, uh, of protest songs, and it uh, has uh, seemed to me at least that 
the privilege of protesting is something that uh, belongs to young people. And uh, speaking now of our own society uh, in Norway, uh, they've been protesting, or we have all been protesting about this and that and everything. And it's uh, even become a, a fad. It's, it's in to protest. And sometimes you ask yourself, now, how about the real old ones? Do they ever protest against anything? And, uh, or do they have the right to? Are we the ones who are supposed to protest against what the old generation has done? Or do they have uh, maybe a little right to protest against what we have done with their work? Now that is a double question. You know that question. in the United States there's a movement called the Grey Panthers. Have you heard of the Grey Panthers? It's an old people's movement headed by a woman named Maggie Coon. Uh -huh. And it's very powerful and strong, the old people. And they are join the young, you may, but they're, they're protesting the lack of care, the, the indifference toward the old, the Good nature of nursing homes, the matter of right to medical care, free medical care. Good and so for them. Oh, yeah, tremendous. Uh, I'd like yeah. to meet her sometime. Oh, she's a great woman. She's in Philadelphia. Meet her in Philadelphia. Good. Right. Now, so this, uh, this song, you see, is about... It's about uh, a typical picture in Scandinavia, a winter scene, mm -hmm. is these uh, black um, women, uh, women dressed in black going out into the graveyards uh, to put flowers or maybe light a candle on the graves. And in the winter, this white snow and these dark old ladies walking alone there, that's a rather striking and some somewhat touching scene. And there you have a great big... Um, fence, iron fence that separates these old people and their dead whom they are visiting from the rest of the world which is a busy street, neon signs, our world. It's sort of a borderline between them. And she goes in there to see her old man. Uh, her name is Evanson. She's looking for Evanson. There's been a snowstorm. The whole graveyard is completely covered with snow but she'll find him, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere and she she scratches away the ice and snow from the lettering on the headstone because even though he's, d he's dead, his name is going to be there and be seen. And she is, you know, stubbornly and doing something which is a, a tradition. And at the same time, it's, a, it's a f physically a rather hard thing in midwinter for an old lady to do. And when you watch a scene like that, when I see it back in Oslo, my hometown, I... I always think of these old people. Now, to which extent does she belong to this world outside that uh, uh, iron fence where we're all protesting? We're fat, you know. We're, we, because of her labor and her husband's labor, we are too fat. We have plastic faces. And we, we uh, in, in our well-being, we're protesting against everything. She has a different kind of face, different kind of hands. She doesn't say much. But her being there and the the, uh, the gestalt, the, the the sight of a woman like that is in itself mm. an answer. Yes. That's a protest, also an affirmation of life, it's too. Yes, it's an affirmation of life. She made our life mm. possible the way we live today. Furu Evanson on the other side of that fence. Mrs. Yeah. Evanson. Yes. By the melody, 
you say it's sort of almost like an organ grinder, like an old time. It's like an old time tune, yeah. perhaps is a kind of thing that she might have heard when yeah, she was young. When she was young. What well, we call the shillings, yeah. you know. You, you know, <coughs> I think of songs and, and ballads, and Norway, I imagine, with all countries, there are certain ballads that go back centuries past. The balladeers, I suppose, minstrels, yes. troubadours, yes. there too, I suppose. Oh, yes. There are many of those. Uh, in the traditional music of Norway, which of course goes back very, very far uh, into the Middle Ages, and some we have um, uh, have had uh, printed or noted down in the old medieval uh, mm-hmm. way of writing it. Monks did it, I mm-hmm. suppose, so they've been handed down to us throughout the centuries, and then a certain style has developed out of that. And uh, it's a strange little voice from the past, mm-hmm. in a sense. There is a song. Vilborg um, uh, og Olaf Kongen. Vilborg og Olaf Kongen, which means Vilborg and Olaf the king. Uh, of course, our present king's name is Olaf. Mm. Uh, but this Olaf here ruled Norway uh, after the Battle of uh, Stanford Bridge and the Battle of Hastings, 1866. He was the son of. Harad, uh, the man who attempted to invade England but failed. This was when you say when? Uh, 1066. Ex- yeah. did 10 what did I say? 18? Yeah. 1066. Um, in yeah. <laughs> 1066. Yeah. And this man, Olaf, uh, was called Olaf Schirre, which in Norwegian means the peaceful one. He never waged war. In fact, he, uh, he ruled Norway for, I believe, some 40 years. And he was known also as Olaf the farmer. And they said he. He liked to be with the, with carpenters and builders and uh, and farmers, and uh, he uh, he uh, established the city of Bergen. Uh, the Norwegian fleet uh, grew under his rule. It was no longer just a Viking fleet, but a merchant fleet of great uh, dimensions, and Ber- Bergen grew. And he saw uh, he was a pioneer king. And uh, in the old days, uh, all these kings had bards or skulls, as we say, attached to their court. And their job was simply to, to, uh, to write uh, gushy poetry about the king and his great deeds, particularly as a warrior. Now, he, this man, Olaf, had a bard as well, but that bard was a woman. Mm-hmm. Her name was Vilborg, Skalde Kvinne, Vilborg the woman bard. And we do not have anything left of what she has written. But if she did her job properly, she was supposed to write about the king's uh, uh, deeds, and his deeds were peaceful. So of, out of sheer necessity, she must have been writing about peaceful events. Now, were the, uh, we say she's a woman bard. This yeah. was unusual, wasn't it? Well, it was very unusual. I, we can read in the Icelandic sagas about uh, women being honored for being the mothers of poets. But this is one of the only in, uh, only case I know of in the sagas that tells of an actual female writer attached to hmm. to a king like that, and the song is about her, where she sings about uh, she sings about his deeds. That is, she sings about the new fields that are to be plowed. She sings about the a battle hymn against poverty and disease and against hunger, and she says, "Let's let's fight that battle." And let's sing about bread. She sings about the new ships going back to 
to uh, to New Bergen, you know, the new town that he has created. And then uh, she sings in the end. This man also, of course, he did not die in battle like most Norwegian kings did. He died in bed, uh, overworked, I suppose, af after having uh, he and they grew into. Uh, he was quite an old man, and she sings at his deathbed about all of the sower, you know, and and sings that uh, in that the memory of this man must be that he fell in peace. It has sort of a saga quality, a story yes. quality. So, it, so all is really is, is part of a continuity here, from medieval days to now the migration and finally the new land for many of the migrants who came here. And this is what you're doing. This is your project now. To yes, to it is. And I people. think, you see, the, uh, it is not a forgotten history, but it is a somewhat neglected history, the history of the immigrants here, 150 years old history in our case and I feel that we back in Norway need to know more about it because it is an important part of our people's history and uh, one must remember that Norway in terms of percentage of population is the second largest immigrant group from any one country to America. The Irish beat us they lost if we use the word lose mm. about 50% of their population we close to 40% mm. And I think uh, it's time also now because America becomes so big to us, you know, complicated. You have all the political things going on here that we sometimes cannot quite understand or grasp. And you get a, an unnatural distance because you start thinking of the United States in terms of, of, of big politics and so forth and forget that it's still peopled by ordinary folks, maybe with dirty fingernails because they are directly from the soil. And it's the time to bring back the old family feeling, which is, uh, in my mind, then uh, the real feeling between uh, America and, and our little country. So, in a way, I'm trying to, to go through the saga of the immigrants, not only the old ones, but those who have come later, and, and sort of bring back what I feel is the real picture and the, the human uh, mm -hmm. connection, which uh, is at the base of everything, no matter what happens otherwise. That's what I'm doing. And of course, there's going to be a lot of things uh, happening all over the United States. I'm doing six uh, programs uh, for television at home. And then King Olaf is coming to America on an unofficial visit. On the 9th of October, he will be in New York. And then he comes here to Chicago on the 15th of October. And there will be a lot of things going on here. There's going to be a big uh, photo exhibition of immigrant history here on October 16th and uh, a new chair of Norwegian culture is going to be uh, opened or, or what do you say uh, uh, at, at the University of Chicago here and there will be uh, art exhibits and uh, all kinds of mm -hmm. uh, musical events and so forth he will be here from the 15th of October and onwards Hope one day three or four days, I think. Hope one day we can see your program, the one that you'll be, that uh, Norwegian television will be offering. Maybe you'll see it here sometime. Well, uh, it's going to be done largely in the Norwegian yeah, language. Norwegian though, language, yes. maybe with, with, <coughs> with English subtitles. And <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps one, uh, to end the program, or part of it, there's a song, one of the songs that Rick B. Uh, sings, and, and it's about God, God as a boy. <laughs> yeah, well... I was a babysitter once for a, a friend's child, and this child 
I was, you know, trying to, to entertain the kids, and he said, will you draw God, a picture of God for me? And, and uh, now that's like being asked to be Michelangelo. It's pretty difficult. So I said, yeah, what, 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 what is he like? Is he old or is he young? Or what? No, he's not old. He's, he's young. He, he imagined God as being somewhat a somewhat older boy, you know, with uh, sore knees after falling, you know, <laughs> and torn pants. And, and so uh, the song is about God. Uh, as a as a young boy, he's playing with the marbles. The marbles being all the globes, the stars, mm -hmm. and everything. All the planets. Planets, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's playing with it, including the Earth, of course. And then a, a, a butterfly comes and, and brushes his brow, and he forgets the marbles and starts chasing, chasing butterflies, and comes back at dusk looking for his marbles, and he's lost one, the little blue one, the Earth. Mm -hmm. And we don't know whether he's too sad about it because he's got a lot of marbles. <laughs> And he goes home, and the only hope we have, of course, is that he might return someday, and perhaps he'll find us. Find that blue find marble. Find the blue marble. <laughs> <laughs> so here are you and I on the blue marble now. Right. <laughs> and all your colleagues and all our countrymen and the, the world over. Uh, this blue marble on which we all are, and it rolls along, we hope not off the precipice. And so this is, what's Norwegian word for uh, good luck to you? Lykketil. Lykketil, good luck and peace. Peace is what? Fred. Fred. Oh, what better? Fred. Look at tell. Fred. Tak skal du ha. Tak, and thank you. I know. And tak skal du ha. Tak skal du ha. Skal du ha. Og tak til samme. Tak til samme. Thanks shalt thou have, and the same to you. And you too, sir. Eric B.